Do you want to be a radical for Jesus? Well, this is Pastor David, host of Restoring Your Voice, and that's what this show is geared toward. Geared toward everyday Christians to equip you for the good works of Jesus and live out your faith radically. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Restoring Restoring Your Voice. Alrighty then, welcome to this episode of Restoring Your Voice. That's right, I am back after a short break that I needed a little bit of rest. Uh, so welcome everybody. Uh, real quick, head on over to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, will you? All right, everything there in the wonderful playlist. I'm constantly updating it, adding new content, adding new playlists. All uh, very free, easy for you to find. Uh, head on over to the website, davidcmcguire.org. I just published... Um, Sunday it was, I published a brief blog. It should be very uplifting. Uh, So check it out and share it with others, will you? Alrighty then. So now that I'm back uh, in action, I'm coming out the gate, guns blazing, if you will. Um, I'm hitting up a, I think, uh, often overlooked topic, uh, especially across most of uh, the churches in America today. Um, But there are many fine um, pastors who are talking about this. I'm going to talk to you today about the LGBTQ community. I want to talk to you today. Hello, Richard. Uh, I, want, I want to talk to you today about the dangers. I want to talk to you today that indeed there is an end game in mind with them. And I also want to highlight to you today. What can we as the church, what can we do about all this? Is, is it hopeless? Is it, is it just, is this going to happen? You know, let the chips fall where they may. Well, I hope, hope to get into all that today. Um, so first, let's get into this topic of the LGBTQ community. Uh, let, let me say frankly and upfront that their end game is indeed total domination. Total domination uh, in every aspect of culture that you can think of, whether it's government, uh, businesses, social media, Hollywood, and even the church. Their, their, their end game is to make the things of God and those of us who are of God, the minority, the scorned, uh, the mocked. Um, and if you don't think what I'm saying is, is, is at all true, then you haven't been paying attention lately. Um, now, I'm not a news junkie. All right. I, I don't really uh, read, read the news often, um, just to be quite frank. But I do pay attention nonetheless. Um, and so, uh, let me, let me bring up something I think is going to, um, highlight my point here. I'm going to share with you. Let me get to the tab. Um, if you don't think so, let me share with you. Uh, let's see, I'm going to put maximize it on the screen here. So here, Chuck Schumer speaking about this evil quote unquote, um, what do you call it? The, the, uh, yeah. Senators are optimistic that marriage equality bill will pass this month. Uh, never mind, it's not about marriage equality at all. But I want to I want to um, reach you right here. Um, there it is, right here. I'm gonna see if I can highlight it for you. Right here is this quote should be on your screen. Let me just double check. Yeah, right there. So it says here, let's remember why a vote for the Respect for Marriage Act is necessary. Schumer said, according to NBC, ABC News. Millions upon millions of American women had the right taken away by the extremist MAGA Supreme Court in the Dobbs decision. And in a concurring opinion, Justice Clarence Thomas opened the door for the Supreme Court going even further. So the, the language used here um, it is one where already um, people like Schumer and you know others are trying to paint us in in this light where we're now extremists. You notice that he used the term extremist. Never mind that that couldn't be anything further from the truth. And I don't see how a a right, you know, wanting to protect life, the very precious lives of lives of babies, you know, across our nation, and um, hopefully across the world, is an extremist activity. And, and notice how he paints that the Supreme Court. Never mind that there are. Plenty of justices sitting in the Supreme Court right now who are not Christian in any way, shape, or form. Yet notice how he labels the entire Supreme Court this extremist MAGA, right? Make America great again 
Uh, he paints this picture, right? That this is this is a a tactic of the LGBTQ community and uh, communism by and large. It is to denigrate, to degrade uh, the Christian, to to paint a picture of all Christians as as something, as whatever it is that they want to come up with. In this case, of Schumer's quote, as extremists. We're, we're according to him, we're we're extremists, right? Nothing could be further from the truth. You don't see uh, Christians uh, raising up arms, burning down cities, looting, threatening Supreme Court justices, uh, protesting outside of Supreme Court justices' house or any wacko uh, activity like that. But you see how they're trying to paint us into this. Now, now I believe, just from what I've been paying attention to in the last oh, couple of years or so, that this Marriage Equality Act is... It's just a small snippet of their end game. Now, many of you may remember uh, before Joe Biden was elected into office that he said he he was going to ensure within his first 90 days, uh, this uh, he called it the Equality Act. Um, there we go. The, the Equality Act. He wanted to put that into play, right? And that would cover things across the board. It, it would, nobody would be left from this. But he said he, he, he would get this, implemented within his first 90 days in office. Now it hasn't happened yet. But but I want you I want make no mistake about it that this community and, and this demonic spirit is not giving up. All right. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it will not happen. You know, don't don't say well it hasn't happened. No, we, we should say that it has not happened yet. And that's the unfortunate news. And and, and I need to paint this picture first. The the Equality Act, right, which would cover Everybody, right? It would cover homosexuals. It would cover homosexual marriage. It would it would it would cover uh, transgenders. It would cover all the slew. And and in a nutshell, the law would say you must obey it. And we've we've seen uh, small snippets building up to this uh, throughout the recent years, right? We we um, I think remember uh, Jack Phillips, the baker in uh, in Denver, Colorado. Uh, or near Denver, Colorado, right? Who refused to bake a cake uh, for for a gay couple, right? Because that's his Christian conviction. Homosexuality is wrong, and I applaud you, Mr. Phillips, for continuing uh, to stand for what is right and in biblical truth. But he was ostracized. In fact, his case had to go all the way up to the Supreme Court. That's how vicious this fight. That's how vicious this these people are. They will come after you. They will tear you down. They will do everything in their power to destroy your very life. Even though, even though we live in America, right? And, and according to our constitution, and according to the First Amendment, right, we have what's called the freedom of religion. And yet, yet people are now being ostracized, canceled, persecuted for wanting to hold to their religious beliefs. Even though, even though the Constitution makes it abundantly clear that we are able to. But that's not what our government wants to happen. And that's not what this community wants to happen. They want total domination. And, and you see, I, I think where this has been leading up to over the decades, uh, some of you may be old enough um, to, to remember when um, this kind of uh, LGBTQ uh, activism kicked off. Um, I wasn't born yet. Just FYI, but um, uh, I was reading recently in Jonathan Kahn's new book, uh, Return of the Gods, which I highly recommend you read that. Um, I, I just finished reading it. And, and it highlights um, this, the Stonewall Inn uh, in Greenwich Village, uh, New York City, where this kicked off in the first place. And you see, ever since then, we have continued to make concessions to this community, right? Because they, they wanted to come across as, this is all we want. For instance, we, we just want to, to, to be this way, right? Leave us alone. That's all we want, right? And they, and they paint this nice picture. But that's not the reality. That's the, that's, that's the niceties to, to get to kind of get people hooked in. Oh, that's all we want. And people are like, yeah, 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 tolerate, right? Tolerance is good. And even though it's not biblical, by the way. Tolerance is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll just, just, just live and, and let live, right? And then the door was cracked open. 
So then they said, no, that's not good enough now. Now, now you have to protect us. That's not good enough anymore. Now you have to um, say that that we can marry one another, that, that you can't forbid it, okay? But that wasn't good enough. Then, then it was, now you have to actually make it law that we can get married and we can't be re and you can't refuse to marry us and 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 on and on it goes right so every every concession we've made up till now all it has done is is give this community by and large more power more authority um more influence across various various you know uh, platforms if you will um to the point now that uh that we have a whole month to celebrate this community do you think that is somehow just just happened it just came out of, out of nowhere no absolutely it did not we we made concessions right one of those concessions was was one day in the month of june right one day and then they would hold their their gay pride parades and one day well one day turned into now a month where, where it's now Pride Month, and, and, and this is celebrated across not only this nation, but across different nations in the world. So, oh, let me see. Now someone wants to lessen the penalty. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're, you know, you're absolutely right, Richard. It says here, he says here, now someone wants to lessen the penalty for molesting children. I can't remember the politician. Yes, absolutely. And I believe that's in, uh, that's in California, in fact. Believe, believe me, folks. This will be pushed further and further. This uh, pedophilia will be pushed more and more coming to a state near you. But this community wants all of that because it's a perverted mindset, right? It's a mindset that flip-flops that, well, I start off with flip-flopping male and female, right? Then, then it was, let's erase. Let's erase that which separates male and female. Any distinctions between male and female, let's erase them. You see, you see what I mean? Every time we make a concession, it gives them more power and authority. You know, the, the term, given, give, uh, give them an inch, you give them a mile, right? I believe that's a, that's a very apt saying in, in this context right now. Give them an inch, give them, they take a mile. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to continue. Every inch we give, yeah, yeah, for every inch we give, they take a mile. So, so they get far more than we give and they're continuing to grow. I mean, think, think about every time we normalize it, right? Um, me and my wife were talking earlier today about, uh, sex education in the United States of America and, and what a, what a horrible impact it's had on society as a whole. And I agree. And it started off with desensitizing children to sex. Right, there's no longer a sacred thing, you know. Now, oh no, it's 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 normal for anybody, and, and then we then they make it normal, right? It's no different than the LGBTQ uh, LGBTQ community, right? First, it was this is normal, right? You, you see the rainbow colors here, you see the rainbow colors there, right? You see Google, you see Facebook, you see these big tech companies changing their logos right to, to the rainbow logo first it was for the one day now it's for the whole month right but now now they're trying to not now not, now that they're de desensitizing people you notice how this is becoming more and more relevant more and more pushed in media by and large right whether it's television shows whether whether it's movies right and i'm and i'm seeing um more of this lately um, on, on certain um, streaming platforms. And, and, and now, you know, be, be sure that, is, that they're trying to normalize it now in Hollywood. No, it, it didn't happen overnight, right? It, it, it didn't happen. How we got to this point didn't happen in a flash. Slowly, slowly, slowly. But make no mistake, the end goal, their end game, it may happen. It doesn't happen overnight, right? It didn't 
It doesn't happen overnight. But just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't happen. Doesn't mean it will not happen. I mean, I mean, I remember, I don't know how long ago it was now, uh, the first uh, gay character in comics. I don't remember when it happened. I remember that. And then I remember there was a, a gay marriage in comics, right? But all of this to say is we, we need to hold fast, Christian, because it's dark and the darkness is growing. But the darkness is not growing because it is so great, right? The This LGBTQ community is not continuing to gain steam, uh, to, to gain authority and power and dominion because, because they're so powerful. No, the, the reason they continue to, to press on like they do is we allow it to happen. We, we allow it to happen. Now, I don't have a specific calling or I don't, as of this point in my life, I don't feel like I have a, a specific calling toward the LGBTQ community. I don't, I don't feel calling as of right now uh, to get into uh, to get into uh, this type of activism. But I'm still speaking on it. No, I'm not called into a specific area like other people are. Why? Why am I even speaking on it? Is it my lane? Yeah, you know why? Because the Bible talks about this type of stuff. That's why. And see, especially. My, my fellow leaders out there, my fellow pastors out there. See, every time we refuse to talk about this from the pulpit, whatever excuses you want to give, right? We allow this community to gain steam. Every single time, every single time we don't teach on God's views of sexuality. Every time we don't talk about God's views on gender, male and female, he created them. Right? There's only two, not whatever amount they're up to nowadays. Right? When we don't preach that homosexuality is a is not only a sin, but one of the worst sins out there. Yes, there are different levels of there are different levels of sin. Some sins are greater than other sins. Just it is what it is. Right? When we don't confront that, right? When when we when we don't disciple our congregants and equip them to talk about this kind of thing, to come against it, to give an answer, right? To be apologists, right? Which is which is not a specific calling in the Bible. It's a calling for every believer out there. When we don't do these things and more, basically when we're silent is the bottom line. When we're silent on the things that scripture shouts loudly about. And one of the areas that scripture shouts loudly about is is this whole LGBTQ thing. And scripture doesn't shout in an affirming way, but shouts in an absolutely 100% condemning way about it. But when we don't speak up about that, what do you think is going to happen? You know, you ever heard the term silence is consent? You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, uh, not to speak is to speak. That's exactly what happens when we don't speak up on these things. Automatically, we, we affirm them. We may not agree with them, but our silence speaks volumes. And I'm just, I'm not afraid to confront these things. And neither should anybody. But we know that the Bible says that what? The fear of man brings a snare. And I believe, I believe that's one of the, the, the biggest reasons that people don't that Christians, leaders, don't speak out against the stuff is fear of man. What's going to happen to me? Are they going to come after me? Oh, they might not like me. I might lose I might lose some money. Real quickly, let me just add, add in here. Um, if, if you're in the role of pastor for the money, then you're in the wrong job. Go look for a new job, please. You're doing the body of Christ a great disservice. Anyways, the we need to speak up. Because they're going to continue pushing. Already, already you've seen it. I've seen it. Anybody who's who's not had their head in the sand has seen the, the domination of the church by the LGBTQ community, right? Now there's gay pastors. 
right? Now there's gay affirming pastors. Now there's there's pastors that use pronouns. Believe me, I see it. I pay attention to this type of stuff. I mean, I always say a lot about it, but I see it. I sit back and I observe. And, and it's becoming more and more prevalent. I mean, just, just recently, uh, the United Methodist Church has a split over this. Because there was a, a group that says, no, the Bible says what it says, and we're not going to budge from it. Then you had a larger group that said, well, no, I we, we think um, that homosexuality is okay, and that God affirms it. Even though nowhere in Scripture ever once does God affirm this. Stick to the Bible. What does it say? You know, a lot of people ask questions about things that the Bible has to say about. And, and instead of saying what the Bible has to say, they tend to go into opinion mode, and that's dangerous. If the if somebody has a question about something in the Bible, stick with what the Bible says. Sure, we can we can explain it, we can maybe give a bit of background, but don't go into opinion mode. You know the one thing that God left out of the Bible is your opinion. My opinion, nowhere to be found in the Bible. So if someone asks, "What are God's views? What is God's views on marriage, for instance?" Well, I think, well, stop right there. If you already have to start off with the words, I think, you're already wrong. No. What, is about, what does God have to say about the Bible? The Bible says God's view on marriage is, boom, right? Marriage is between one man and one woman. The, the man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. There, there's God's views on marriage, period. Well, what about men and men, women and women? I don't read that. The, the, what I just quoted to you, does that say anything about a man and a man or a woman and a woman? No, it does not. Well, what does the Bible have to say about, what does God say? What about this? What about abortion? Well, scripture. Stop giving your, stop giving your opinion. All right. When it comes to the things of the Bible, my opinion, your opinion doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant. We need to get bold. You see, I, this darkness isn't all powerful. There's only one that's all powerful. Amen. His name is Jesus. That's the only one that's all powerful. All, all of this darkness, all this demonic activity, demons, whatever you want to call them. They're not stronger. They're not greater than God. But the thing is, um, I think people have this attitude of uh, let's let the chips fall where they may. That's not that's not a godly attitude at all. Godly attitude is involvement. A godly attitude is doing whatever it takes to bring about revival in America. But a lot of people say they want revival. Shout revival. Have revival meetings. Have revival services. Well, none of that is going to bring revival. Just like, just like simply preaching from the pulpit alone against this LGBTQ community and beliefs isn't going to bring a change. You know, you want to know where the change starts. You want to know where the change starts? You ready for this one? You want to know the... Uh, Secret, if you will, to change. You want to know what the secret is? The mystery re revealed? Look in the mirror. That's right. The answer lies in the mirror. It begins with me, and it begins with you. It begins in our own personal lives. It, it begins in, first and foremost, our prayer and Bible study time daily. Because it's, 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 it's great. It's so easy to look and, and see what everybody else is doing wrong. But what about when we take a look, hard look in the mirror? Are, we, are there things in our lives that are getting in the way of devoted prayer time? Let me just say this. If you don't have a daily devotion, if you don't have a daily prayer time, something is become, has become your idol. I don't know what. I can't speak into every situation. But if you don't have prayer time sometime during the day, 
then something in your life is an idol, for instance. Same thing with Bible study time, right? We, we have these, these devices that, that are like little gods to us at times that control us, right? What's the first thing most people reach for when they wake up in the morning? Their phone, right? What's the first thing people check in the morning? Most likely Facebook or some social media, right? Or, or hop on the news or something. Right? What what if what if the first thing we did in the morning was open the Bible? What if we were more concerned with having our Bible on our nightstands than a phone? What what if we reached for our Bibles first thing in the mornings? How about there? What what if we play started placing more emphasis on the things of God? But see, then that gets uncomfortable. People don't like being uncomfortable in America these days. We want comfort. I want to feel good about myself. Well, we've seen where that has led to, where the LGBTQ community has gained dominance in many areas because we just wanted to be com comfortable. But that's not what it's going to take. It's going to take us being men and women of strong convictions, right? Not, not, not wavering. And what I'm about to say is, is probably very controversial to many, and I don't care. Well, we have to look for compromise in our own areas, in our own lives, I should say. Compromised areas in our own lives. That's what we, we need to look for that, right? Obviously, one of the best ways we can do that is to be also part of a local church, and therefore others can spot those areas of weakness as well, those blind spots. That's why they're called blind spots because we can't see them. But we like to be comfortable and we don't like to think we have areas of compromise. Jesus loves. Da, 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 da. It's a free gift salvation. Kumbaya. That can be anything farther from the truth. Okay, I'll give you an example. Disney. I don't know why Disney seems to be such a snares beyond me. I'm not getting legalistic about this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going into well personal convictions and whatever else. Like personal convictions. Here's a personal conviction. Should you drink alcohol or should you abstain from it? That is a personal conviction. Why? Because the Bible doesn't strictly forbid it. So that's a personal conviction. The what well, that's all I'm talking about. Disney, for instance, is out there as evil as 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 anything in the world, for instance. Yep, Christians flock to Disney. Christians or self-proclaiming Christians, I should say, flock there, take pictures there, celebrate it. Oh, I can't wait to watch the next Disney movie. Oh, da-da-da. Now, why am I speaking out against that? You know, Disney is probably, in, in this nation anyway, in America, probably the biggest proponent, the, the biggest advocate of the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community by and large. Right? They, they affect every every uh, area of culture. Um, they, they have, they have uh, gay pride Mickey Mouse ears. Um, they have now more and more gay characters in their TV shows, um, uh, in the Marvel movies, in the Pixar animated movies, any way they can basically uh, influence society is how they will influence society. And it's not undercover, right? It's not like, well, I don't, I don't know. Is this, um, I can't know. There, there's no delineation, whether there's no struggle, if it's right or wrong, it is wrong and dead wrong. And let me just put it out there. I don't care who it offends, right? Stay away from Disney. You, as a born-again believer, should have nothing to do with Disney whatsoever, one iota at all, right? The Bible strictly forbids it, in fact, right? What does light have to do with darkness? I can't think of a greater darkness in the area of, of influencing than Disney World right now. Think about it, right? They own Marvel, so... so that means the comic books, the TV shows, the movies, Marvel alone, right? Right, wonderful, right? Huge following, right? They own Star Wars. Oh, by the way, you know they fired Gina Carano for her for her views uh, about the LGBTQ community. Just FYI, in case you didn't know that. They 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 own so so they own Star Wars. Um, I can't remember everything else they own right now off the top of my head. 
right? And, and they advocate magic too. By the way, magic and uh, LGBTQ community goes hand in hand. So why as a Christian do you have anything to do with it? If this is you, you need to fall on your knees and you need to repent. You need to repent before God for this. And you just might not, you just might have to finally get a real relationship with God. Because you, if, 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 let me tell you what, if I don't understand how a person who claims to be a Christian can have a part to do with Disney yet have no conviction. I, I can't understand it. It would, it would, it baffles, baffles my mind. Because I know, right? When I watch stuff that's not right, right? I don't, and, I don't do it intentionally, but you never know. Sometimes you might find a movie. Oh, I've never seen that before, a TV show. I've never watched that before. Let me, let me see what that one is about, right? And I know if, if there's something wrong in there, whether it's profanity, gratuitous violence, or something, I know immediately I'm convicted. The Holy Spirit convicts me of it. And I can't I can't stay and watch it. I just I, I can't because the Holy Spirit convicts me. Not because I'm so awesome, but because God is like, hey son, what are you? Wake up. So I can't fathom how, how these people, I don't understand how, how they can't be bothered by it. It's beyond me. It's beyond me how, how a born-again believer, and that's another thing, is, is our standards on what it means to be a born-again believer. It's another way. We, we've lowered the standards. As long as some, somebody says a prayer, as long as they they say, "Yeah, Jesus is my Lord," as long as, long as they they show up to church, even maybe even carry Bible, that means they're a Christian. Well, none of that makes you a Christian. Jesus said, "In that day, many will come to me, Lord, Lord." And what does He say to them? Get out! I never knew you. Who the heck are you? I mean, I never even knew you. That's that's the way He's going to say to them. We've lowered the standards. So now anybody can come in. Anybody can be a, a church member if they even attend church anymore. Right? Anybody can claim claim the name of Christ, but be farther be the furthest thing from it. And then we wonder why did the LGBT community gain such prominence in um, Christendom in America? Right? I'll put it like that: Christendom in America. Why did they gain such prominent roles? Well, I wonder why when we compromise what it means to walk with God. Well, well, they love God, quote unquote, right? I have no doubt that they probably think they love God. I have no doubt that they think that. But just because I think something doesn't make it true. Just because I think I'm Superman doesn't mean I'm going to fly, you know, jump off my roof and, and go flying away. I'm going to fall flat to the ground. Probably going to be hurt badly. So... They say, oh, this, that, and, and this and, and the bar gets lower, and the standard gets lower, and the standard gets lower. Well, guess what happens? Every time, you know, in the Army, um, I, I was told this, that every time I overlook a deficiency, right, that's the new standard. So every time we see these people and we don't speak out against it, we don't, I'm not saying specifically targeting people. No, that's not what I'm saying. All right, I, I don't like doing that. Um, sometimes it's called for, absolutely, no doubt. But by and large, I don't, I don't like to do it. I don't like it. I don't like it as a part of my lifestyle. But we still have to confront it. So when we don't confront at least, at the very least, at the very least, when we don't confront the beliefs, we don't speak out against them like I'm doing today, and many others way greater than I, right? That do great, greater stuff than I can ever probably do in this arena. But when when we don't confront it, we we just made a new standard, right? We, we just made a, a a new standard, and the standard is now it's acceptable. So what do we do? We speak up, but we can't speak up when we got compromise in our own life. When we have compromise in our own life, when, when we think, for the sake of my comfort, for the sake of my entertainment, right? For the sake of my insert something in there. I am going to compromise and no, we're not going to be able to speak up. And if we do try and speak up, we'll be smacked down very easily. Right? We'll be easily smacked down because we're not men and women of conviction. Where does our strong conviction come from? 
God and God alone. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, then you should be a person of strong conviction. You, you might stand greater for some things than other people do, but that doesn't mean you are the other person are compromised. But there are certain things across the board. Every, every Christian, every single Christian around the world, and all of Christendom for all time, should believe, should hold to, should be against homosexuality, transgender. That's that should be across Christendom. Period. The end. You know, across Christendom, full stop. But it's not, and we're seeing the result of that. You know, you you think that's what they want to be accepted now. Here's another way they're going to gain, they're trying to gain domination, right? Their end game. Through, through the number one demographic, the children. Because think about it. Those, the children are the next generation, right? One day we're, we're all going to draw our last breath. We're not going to be here on earth any longer. One day it's going to happen. So that means those youth are going to replace us in different areas of life. So, of course, this community is going to try to dominate through through um, through our children, through perverting our children. I already talked about earlier how when I was growing up, when I was in middle school, right, back in the 80s, and uh, they would talk about sex education. Well, what's what's going on across the nation today? Drag queen, uh, drag queen story hour, right? Some dude comes in, dressed up as a lady, made up looking like a demon, reading books to children, and people are okay with it. What do you think is being taught in the public school system by and large? That this is normal. We we have teachers, teachers of all people. On TikTok, for instance, bragging about this uh, gender fluidity or whatever you want to call it. I'll call it gender dysphoria because it is an issue. Bragging about it. Our educators, those whom we entrust our children to, are the very ones who are trying to pervert and convert our children. Think about that. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Right? And now, I don't know what the, I don't think there is really too much of an age. So basically, as soon as the child says, oh, I feel like whatever. I don't feel like I'm a boy. I feel like I should be a girl. I was born in, I was born in, in the wrong body, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Many places, it's unlawful, it's illegal for the, for the parent to do something about it. Why? Because this community wants to dominate. The end game is domination, dominion. They want to gain dominion everywhere. And they're doing it through your children. They're influencing your children in the school system. They're influencing your children on social media. They're influencing... They're influencing your children in every imaginable way through every avenue available to them. Books are out there now. Children's books, by the way. The question, what are you going to do to guard your children? What are you going to do to ensure, or as the Bible says, train up your child in the way they should go? I advocate strongly, for instance, toward homeschooling. I am a hum, I'm a huge advocate of it because if you want to be responsible for what your children learn, if you want to ensure that they're learning things of of godly value, and by the way, God can't influence uh, everybody. God has an influence in every subject, right? Math, language arts, history, geography, science. I've seen it. You be the one. Then you take up the reins and you start being responsible. If if not, then at the very least, send your children to a solid Christian school. But on the flip side of that, don't 
don't stand there one day, don't sit there one day, and your children all of a sudden come out of the closet, if you will. Or say, hey, I, I want to be, you know, little Jimmy says, no, I want to be Jane now. Don't be surprised when it happens if you didn't have any part in your children's life. If you didn't ensure what they learned was, was in accordance with, with the Bible. Don't be surprised. You didn't have a part to play then. It's no wonder. It's no wonder that the devil took them away. We we have it. We parents, right? By the way, parenting is not for sissies. We parents have a responsibility, a God-given responsibility, to to train up our children in the way they should go. The Bible commands it. But you see, another area this community is trying to dominate is is in the arena of uh, manhood and the arena of parenting. Right now, all of a sudden, everything that a man does is toxic masculinity. But in the Bible, well, don't get me wrong, parenting is, is both husband and wife. But the responsibility for the training of the child is to the father. The, the, the discipline of the child is on the responsibility of the father. And I know, of course, women can do that just fine, believe me. But the responsibility, nevertheless, weighs on the head of the household, the father. But you see, this community wants to erase those distinctions, wants to make men the bumbling idiots, wants to make us effeminate, wants to make us anything other than, than God's holy design for us. And so fathers are ostracized, right? It used to be father knows best. Then we went to television shows like The Simpsons and uh, and everybody loves Raymond and um, can't think of their one with Al Bundy in it, but those type of shows where basically the guys, the fathers, the head of the household are bumbling idiots, morons, right? Couldn't find their way, couldn't find their way out of a wet paper sack. Do you think it's all just coincidence that this happened? No, this is all according to their agenda of desensitizing and normalizing. I, I, I probably that's the best way I could sum up their agenda and how they 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 would get to their ways is is uh, desensitizing and then normalizing. So now dads are no longer seen in the role that God intended for men to be in, leading the way, being responsible, raising the family, discipling the wife and the children. No longer is that part of the American household. Why? Because if we can remove the dads out of the equation, right? So we remove God, we remove the dads out of the equation. Oh, now come in and wreak havoc in the American family. We've seen that, right? We, we've seen that. I mean, we've seen it to the, to the degree that guys, that, that men, think it's okay to sleep around and, and leave the woman. Have sex with a woman, get her pregnant. Instead of manning up and doing something about it, now the attitude is, Psh. so guess what, men? If that's you and, and you wonder why you're being ostracized, if, if you don't like the uh, accusation of toxic masculinity, well, if you father, if you get a woman pregnant and you don't father that child, then you're part of the problem. And uh, yeah, you deserve that term toxic. You deserve the accusation level against you of toxic masculinity. So we guys have, have played our own part. So I don't want to just put it on one group or another. But this, this is what, what has been going on. So we get back up to what? The biblical standard. That's the answer. Jesus has always been and will always be the answer. You say, well, that's too simple. No, it might be too simple to your to to your mind, perhaps not too simple to me, because I know the power, the radical power of Jesus to transform. Think about it. Before Jesus came on the scene, the world, by and large, was pagan. Right. No matter where you looked, even from within the very land of Israel. Right. Which is like in the area of Caesarea. 
where Jesus first asked his disciples, who do you say I am? Why did he ask that in Caesarea? In other words, within Israel. Because paganism was rife in the area of Israel at the time. So pretty much everywhere in the world was, a, was pagan. Right? And so Jesus comes along right, in a world ruled by paganism and upends it all. I mean, the Bible makes it clear, right? He put he put on display them, right? He conquered them. He, he openly displayed them, just like ancient kings would do with a defeated foe, just like the Roman uh, emperors, when they would, conquer, like uh, Julius Caesar would say, conquer Gaul, right? He would parade, the, they would have a, a victory parade, and, and part of that parade was the procession of the enemies put on display that they had conquered. So don't tell me that this darkness is too great for us to do something something about god let me tell you let me let me uh, uh as we as we wrap up the show let me tell you what we are not waiting on god to move god is waiting on us to move god is saying i'm i've given you everything you need i've equipped you with everything you need now when are you going to do something with what i've given you god is waiting on us we're not waiting on god we're not waiting on a move of god don't people say that i'm just waiting on a move of god no God, we're not waiting on a move of God. God is waiting for us to move, for us to get involved, for us to do something. Well, I can't do anything. Yes, you can. Can you pray? Then you can do something. If, you, if you're not able, if you're not ambulatory, right? If you're housebound, hospice-bound, I don't know. Then you can be still effective. You can be effective just as anyone else if you can pray. If you can pray, guess what? You're an effective warrior. Right then and there. Stop comparing yourself to what somebody else does. All right? Stop stop using that metric. Well, so-and-so does this. Now, that's your metric to what you should be doing. Can you read your Bible? Okay. Can you speak about what's in the Bible? And they say, are you a theologian? Then say, ask if you're a pastor. Can you speak about it? Okay, then you can do something about it. How about this? And the flip side of that, how about not doing things? How about not watching Disney? Not partaking in, in the evil, demonic, uh, pagan Disney? How about that? How about how about when at all possible? And I know it's not always possible. Believe me, I'm not trying to be legalist about everything. That, that you do not, if at all possible, when possible, don't give your money to place to businesses that 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 are, are full on board with the LGBTQ community. I realize that's not always feasible, right? We have to buy our groceries from somewhere and pretty much every grocery outlet supports them. I, I get that. It's not so I'm not saying um, extreme legalism here. But when and all possible, how about you make a choice for God? Well, maybe you have to drive X amount of miles extra to that place. Instead of going to this other place you liked. Well, so be it. Because the compromises start small. Compromises they are nonetheless. Right? Just like here, we, we recently had a problem uh, with a drought. Right? It hadn't rained for months. And so there were cracks that were starting to appear in people's yards. Mine included. They were, they were small at first. They're small, but a crack or compromise, they were nonetheless. And that crack became a bigger crack, which became a, a deeper crack, and so on and so forth it went. But it all started off with small. Think to yourself, oh, that's no big deal. Compromise still compromise nonetheless. And if we don't fix that, right, what would we have done, for instance, to fix uh, the smaller uh, cracks when they appeared? Um, water it more. Fill it in. Fill it in with sand or dirt. Well, what what would that look like in the Christian world? Uh, we we the water, that right the the washing of the word, the Bible, right? Filling ourselves up with the things of God. Shoring up those uh, compromised areas through prayer and 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 daily Bible study. That's what that's what it would look like. It, it, but if you can't get those two basics down, prayer life and the Bible study life, then that you're not even walking as a Christian. 
but we can take very relevant steps. We can vote, right? We can vote for uh, the candidates who are uh, against the this community, who are against um, the Equality Act, who are against um, the what's that? What's that when they want to do instead of the Equality Act again? Let me see. Uh, the Marriage Equality Bill, right? Find out what do your local representatives, whatever they are, whatever level, we have the midterm elections coming up. Well, research them. I know I have to do research. I I don't know anybody here in this area what they do. But uh, yeah, do that. Vote. Okay. Uh, go to your school board meetings if your child is in public schools. Attend them. Talk to the teachers. Find out what your children are being taught on a day-to-day basis. And some way, Christian, be involved. Be involved through the power of the gospel. Preach the gospel. Be the gospel. Because the gospel overturned the entire pagan world. Overturned the entire pagan world. Where paganism now no longer was the norm and became the exception. Don't think that victory cannot be achieved today still. The the darkness is not so great that God can't do anything about it. God is far greater than the darkness, but he calls on us to be his hands and feet. He calls on us to be the light. Will you join me? Will you agree with me on that? Let's do this together, folks. So thank you all again for, for watching the show. appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me to have my uh, small, short break I, I needed. Um, but I'll be back with you again, uh, God willing, then, uh, seeing this is Wednesday, uh, next Monday. Same bad time, same bad channel. Peace.